Hello, welcome to Room B. I am your host, Room B. Today I am joined by Ryan Fletcher. Ryan is my most recent friend. We met over a year ago on Reddit. I used to do regular streams on Reddit Public Access Network and Ryan always popped in to say hi and spread some good vibes. The more I streamed, the more I noticed Ryan. At the time, I only knew him by his username. He always interacted in my streams and he was so kind to me and everyone else. I used to call my streams positivity because it was the middle of the summer and I often had some iced tea with me. And because I was trying to spread some good vibes, I figured positivity was a fitting name. Ryan and I initially bonded over the fact that we both liked peach iced tea. It seems silly now, but that's all it took. And since then, we have kept in touch and our friendship has flourished. Ryan and I have never met in person, but we talk all the time. So today I have the pleasure of being joined by Ryan. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. So welcome. I'm just so glad to just have someone who's willing to join me on here. <laughs> it's a good cause. It's always a pleasure talking to you anyway. Oh, you're so sweet. We met in a weird way. Oh, yeah. Like, it's sort of like like a 90s horror story brought to life. Stranger on the internet. How uh-huh. you doing? Right? Like, like, if our parents knew this, like, they would be terrified. I know my mom oh, would. My- if I if I had said to my parents, I want to go to Cannes to meet some lady I met on the internet, she'd be like, no. <laughs> uh-uh. That's the weirdest thing. I think it's going to be really funny when you do visit, trying mm-hmm. to explain to people, like, this is Ryan. This is my first time meeting him. It's also his first time meeting me. But we're really good friends. <laughs> Hello. Like, should you come back over? I'm crashing family pop. <laughs> just gonna rock up in Luton like what are you saying I think it's so beautiful though I know on paper it shouldn't have worked um no but like met... I think that's the beauty of people that you just sort of click with but like I think people are just sometimes compatible right so like we just we just click yeah it's so weird how it happened the way it was was like I would just go on our like reddit public access network and you would just keep popping up and I was like this this woman has such a good vibe I'm feeling bad. I'm going to hang out with this this luscious, vibing woman. And you just, oh, you made that. me smile. And then it makes me smile making other people smile. Yeah. And so, and then, you know, we just sort of ended up hanging out. It's so strange because to me, it was like, I just did it because I was bored. I was streaming because I was bored. It was what? We were still in the lockdown, right? Yeah, it was like peak lockdown. Yeah. I'm doing these like streams on a regular basis, whatever. And I keep seeing you popping up, popping up, popping up. And you were always so kind, so nice. And you were like fighting some people in the comments for me. <laughs> Look, okay. I get very attached very easily. And like, <laughs> we just, we just vibe. And I was like, this, this is my woman. Uh-uh. I'm hurting her husband. <laughs> it was so sweet. Cause there'll be moments where like, cause with that, with, Arpan, it, it you can suddenly have like thousands of people watching oh you. Oh my god, yes. That's really overwhelming. And so like it was really hard for me to like keep up with what everyone else was saying. 
But then there was this one time I remember I never because I tried my best not to um, react to the negative stuff because that's what they want, mm. right? But I remember there was something I, f- I even forget what it was, but I remember seeing it and I was like, oh, crap. And then I don't know who it was. I don't even remember how it happened, but I know you were somehow involved in setting that person right. And before I knew it, that person had been like banned off of the Oh my the God, chat. no, I remember that. I think it's just like, you know, the kindness you put into the word you get back. So like, yeah. even like even though I was like not feeling amazing, mm. I could come and vibe you with you for an hour and I could just forget about my issues. And like, yeah. as I said to people at the time, like, it's really dumb because it's it sounds silly, but like I would just feel good. Like this 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 strange lady on the internet who would just you know dance and cackle would just she just makes me feel better just by being <laughs> you. Which is you know it makes me so happy knowing that because that's why I did it. You know, um, I was also feeling pretty crap within myself. Like I felt awful at the time, mm. but I knew that whenever I had the energy or the ability to share my joy I had to share it with other people because we were all going through it I mean this was like Mm -hmm. the first lockdown and it was also terrifying because like there was still so much misinformation and trickery and like hiding so we didn't actually know what it was it was just like this big question mark of doom yeah but then like also you were just always so open about like your mental health so like you would never shy away from the topics if someone was actually you would be so open and sort of you know oh I have to I mean I mean it kind of goes back to what you were saying with like the um, misinformation as I feel like mental health in general has been very misinformed for a while so that's why I am so happy to discuss anything mental health related because I'd rather discuss it from a point of view where I'm experiencing it myself but I'm also able to educate other people Mm. when we first sort of started talking on reddit did you ever anticipate that we'd be friends for this long I I, I don't know actually like it's it's that thing of making adult friendships is so difficult like nobody Uh, told you how difficult it is but it's so difficult because you don't actually know what the other person's thinking like as a younger person you sort of know you know you're like oh let's do the same thing we like doing together mm. but like as an adult you both have such individual lives that like do you find time to connect are you supposed right. to i i sort of just i remember like i dm'd you just out of the blue we just sort of chatted and then like we sort of moved platforms mm-hmm. and then like it just kind of kept going i guess and it was yeah. just sort of it felt nice and like as i said to you like it's sort of it's going to be like a really cool story. I tell people later on in life, like, oh yeah, when I was like mid 20s, I just went to meet someone that I'd never met who lived in Canada. <laughs> Such an interesting story to tell people. Can you imagine the day we meet? We are going to paint the town black, blue, pink, orange, <laughs> green. It's going to be chaos. One of us is going to get arrested. <laughs> it's probably going to be me. You can just see it. So do you think, like, there's, like, some inherent familiarity between the two of us? Like, the only way this could have worked is by both of us being comfortable with each other, right? Yeah, I think maybe. I think, like, it's it's that kind of thing of going back to, like, the mental health struggles. Like, sometimes you can just, like, it's it's sort of like the, the, the relationship thing of parallel play. Like, you can be yourself, mm-hmm. 
but and like the other person just gets you and like i think that's what it was it was a case of we may not have like known each other to like the nth degree but we understood each other's struggles and we could just be there for each other like even if it was just to sort of you know scream about something completely irrelevant yeah but the other person understands that it's not bad it's just sort of you understand how i feel and that's nice yeah do you think like you needed a friend like me I think so. You, you just bring out the goodness in people. Like you, you, you can make anything funny. You can just sort of bring light to anything, I feel like. Oh, huh. And that's so sweet because I feel like I needed a friend like you too because I have friends who also deal with mental health, but not everyone is always ready to discuss. Mm. Not everyone's ready to go into the nitty gritty of all the nastiness of mental illness and I feel like with you you've also been quite open to me and just explained and expressed how to deal with some of the things that I deal with I feel like in a to some degree obviously I don't want to say like we have the exact same kind of same like mental health issues but I feel like there's a massive overlap in our experiences yeah and And it definitely makes it helpful yeah like this perspective that we both bring to each other's issues so like Whereas you might see it from your perspective, yeah. I might have a slightly different take on how you could view it. And then it sort of makes you think and your problems become smaller because you've seen them. They're not so big. They're actually quite small, but it's from your perspective, they're huge. Right. But if you tilt your head a little bit, it's not so bad. No, it never is, is it? <laughs> no. But... I mean, yes, it can get bad, but like um, when you're dealing with it on your own, it, it can be monumental. Can... Oh, yeah, it's a mountain. So do you mind, like, letting me know, like, talking about how exactly what your diagnosis is and what you what you deal with? Uh, so I've sort of got, I've got some form of depression. I'm not, I'm not sure how severe it could reach, but, like, I've been on a few different medications and I'm still not healed. Mm-hmm. Then there's obviously some stuff around that, you know, you've got the good old anxiety. Yep. She's there. She's chilling. Mm-hmm. And then... And then, like with with the with the sort of rise of like social media, like it opens up the doors to find out about other illnesses. So, like for example, I've seen, been seeing a lot about ADHD, mm-hmm. and like how my personality like, overlaps a lot with that. So I'm like, oh, that could be another yeah. thing I've dealt with. And it's like it's sort of it's become a part of me, so it's something I can't really hide anymore. No. So yeah, yeah. this is the thing. You mean you mentioned that you haven't really healed or gotten better, but to be honest, I think that this is never going to ever be cured within us. It's, you just have yeah. to accept that this is just part of you. It's something yeah. that comes and goes. It's cyclical. It's kind of yeah, like the cold. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, I think cyclical is definitely the right word because I definitely put myself in cycles, but sometimes lesser than others, but it's definitely mm-hmm. always there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got I got diagnosed with depression anxiety and psychosis is the symptom of both Mm. um i try to say this all the time people think psychosis is a diagnosis but psychosis is actually a symptom so if you do notice psychosis you need to then figure out what the actual underlying issue is anyway um i got diagnosed it's now it was 2014 seven years ago exactly seven years ago and in those seven years I have seen the patterns. I now know what my triggers are. Not all of them, but I know what my triggers are. You know, it's it's really sad it's, because you feel so sorry for yourself. <laughs> yeah. 
this is just something that I'm going to have to deal with for the rest of my life. Yeah, because like, like when you see yourself at your lowest, you sort of, you get a little bit out of body because like you, you, you fall into giving yourself pity and which isn't necessarily yeah. a bad thing. But the thing is, is the, the bad thing, the illness tells you not to speak to people. Right. And that's the absolute worst thing is like, even if you're just talking to someone about something they're into, you're at least communicating with them as human. Like, never feel bad to reach out. No. Because someone will grab your hand. Of course. There mm. always is someone. But it's in that moment, though. In the moment, by yourself. You know, that I... 3 a.m. when you're up all night, can't mm-hmm. sleep, stressing. You feel so it's... sorry for yourself. And everything is just an absolute shit show. There's yeah. no in that moment you want to reach out but it's about no but be, by being aware of the fact that it's a cycle i feel like that also helps because once you identify the issue you can then be like okay this is a problem maybe i might not do it right now but when i'm able to i have to reach out to someone exactly you can sort of like make plans like yeah the thing so, so someone told me something i don't know where i heard it from but like you know like an arrow has to be pulled back before it goes forward wow and that's how i see it because like no matter what shit you hit, there's always an other side to it. It's never mm-hmm. the end. You're never going to be stuck in this pit for so long. Because, like, I've been there. I've been in the pit for, you know, like a few, like weeks at an end. And eventually one day you just you just feel better. And it, you don't know why. But Yeah, it it's just, the most confusing thing. You, you it's, it's relief, in a sense. But it's also... Oh, yeah. But then you get hit with dread of it coming again. And you know it's going to come again. But... You have to try and live in the moment rather than be scared of it. Yeah, exactly. You can't you can't let it control you. You have to understand that you have some form of control too. Mm-hmm. Exactly. That's that's it. What's been like the greatest challenge you've faced, you know, once you, you've gotten these diagnoses and you're aware of it? I think for me personally it's socializing because I've got sort of some form of um like high functioning autism which is also another little fun sprinkle on top of that yeah just a little so, garnishing there a little, little garnishing <laughs> of you know garlic and autism <laughs> but like so socializing for me has always been a really big issue because mm-hmm. i have like really strong jealousy over right. really trivial things because mm-hmm. i don't understand attraction to some sort of sense like if someone right. does something with somebody else instantly i feel like rejection Right. And I've learned that that's part of the illness. That's not part of reality. Wow. So does that affect your dating life? Oh, absolutely. Like, I, I've only really dated once. Mm-hmm. And, like, I, I was... For like, I, was, I was possessive. Like, I was really bad. Yeah. Like, in the midst of it. And, like, when it came to the end of it and we, and we decided to end things, we, we ended on, like, a good terms. But, like, we both realised that we had a lot to learn from it. And I've come away thinking a lot about myself because when when you're sort of really trying to be like possessive when you 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 lose track of yourself and you lose track of what's right and wrong and then Mm -hmm. it comes to a point where you you sort of see yourself and you look like the witch out of snow white yeah because you just like mirror mirror on the wall who's he talking to today and it's like well no that's not right that's yeah you can't be all of in someone's life they need privacy in their own space and it sort of really made me rethink my approach to people and mm-hmm. social situations right i mean how about you though like how did how did it affect your dating attempts i think for me like i've spoken about this i think um i'm definitely 
I'm definitely a narcissist's prey. I fall for narcissists. Mm. And I didn't realize this for the longest time. And so just in the same way that you say that you give all and you you kind of like literally fall into love, kind of. I I go on the other end of the spectrum in the sense that I want to do everything for you. I'm basically your mom, you know, I'm like all up in your business. It's kind of the same as you describe. It's like, to me, I, w- I would justify it as, oh, I am being there for you. I am loving you. I am caring for you. Why won't you let me do all these things for you? And it's like, mm. once that, realization is made by the other person they just kind of let it go and allow me to run amok and because of it I actually end up in the in the what's the word um geez don't you just hate it when like you're talking (laughs) and like your mind just goes completely blank (laughs) you missed the station dude the train tracks are not even there (laughs) (laughs) what's the word I'm trying to go for I don't even know what I'm trying to go for but my my point is you know I always talk about how I was victim to these narcissistic people that I dated but I feel like there was also like a level of input on my side where it was like I I would drop friends I would stop hanging out with people I would you know give my entire life to this one person who actually doesn't even want it you know yeah. And so it gets to a point where I guess I nag enough to the point where they just take over and use me for yeah. whatever they need. And so that was something I had to learn that, oh, wait, this is not how relationships work. It's give and mm. take. It's meet me halfway. Yes, support each other. Go 100% sometimes, but not always. It's not wake up, let's go 150, yeah. you know? a lot of my relationships ended up burning out within like two or three months because I've already thought about how many kids we're going to have and what their names are, you know? Like, it was just the weirdest thing ever. I had to learn that. That was growth through the process of learning my mistakes. Yeah, I think learning learning how to love is a really weird thing to talk about because it's not taught. You don't, you don't get taught how to be honest, but you see some people who are in a relationship from 18... Yeah. you know like high school sweetheart and it's like how do you what yeah huh? i'm still like a child at heart so like if I, I i would definitely struggle to be in a mature relationship where you know you do sort of what i would call like adult things you know like dinner parties and go yeah. to the theater and whatnot like i i want to sit in bed i want to watch some cartoons <laughs> i watch netflix you know i want to i want to just chill but like i think that could also like reflect on just like my mental state has like I don't want to be doing so I just want to calm right you said that you've only dated properly once yeah can I ask why you've you didn't try again or is there I I just sort of I think as as I was growing up that I just didn't really find the need to I never really found anyone that I could pair up with like yeah until I was like 20 or so I, I didn't really accept I was gay I don't think Mm. and then like trying to socialize I didn't really know what I was supposed to do I struggled with small talk so like when when I found my partner like we just sort of hung out and it was sort of spontaneous and we both sort of just got on because neither of us really did small talk so we talked we didn't just so you know it wasn't surface level right garbage yeah 
Do you think there's an added pressure of like wanting to be specific, uh, wanting to be a certain person when you have that sort of courting period? I I think so. I think I think that when you're with somebody, you're expected, in a sense, to be sort of not idealistic, but like more proper, more human. I'm gonna say because that's only with the sort of like makes sense in my head. Mm-hmm. Whereas like. It, it's sort of like what you see on Facebook. You see relationships, they look amazing and they look, you know, so loved up and spectacular. But then in actuality, that's like a snapshot of someone's life. So you can't compare yourself to right. that snapshot of love because although they look great now, they might have an argument later about a sock on the floor or something so <laughs> small. But yeah, you, you never know really what is going on. So like, I, 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 a great example is like in my relationship, I would always stick up for my partner, despite him being really narcissistic and really about himself. Right. I'd be like, yeah, but you don't see the parts that I see where he's all lovely and stuff. And I'm like, now I realize what I was doing was sticking up for someone that wasn't yeah. really expressing his love outwardly. So I was You're making enabling up... him. Yeah, exactly. Like I was, I was exaggerating something that wasn't really there, but to other people to try and make myself feel better. Wow. That's rough. That's a rough place to be. Like, how did that affect you? Like, once that relationship ended? Honestly, I felt free. Because, wow. like, the last six months, we didn't, like, we just, there was no contact. We lived together. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't touch each other. Like, wouldn't even wow. hug, nothing. It was, because neither of us were great at talking. So, like, we would just sit in this, and the air felt heavy. Mm-hmm. Like, we would sit in the same room, and the air felt heavy to talk to. It felt felt heavy to move and it was awful and then we had this conversation where we were like this isn't really working should we just sort of like roll this back when we were friends and like the second that happened there was this weight and this pressure lifted and I felt like I could breathe again mm-hmm. and now we're like good friends but like we even both said like you know it was weird that we had this one conversation this the line that said we should break up and like the, the amount of relief was astounding yeah. That's amazing. So how, you know, talking about that period before you had that conversation to end the relationship, how did that affect your mental health? Badly. Like I, I was, I, I felt trapped mm-hmm. because I didn't want to let this person go because this was my first relationship. So like, I didn't want to be alone. I was scared of that. Mm-hmm. So in my head, I was like, if I can just, if I can just push through and push through something, it will get better, it'll get better. And, like, I didn't really talk to anyone about this because wouldn't, I don't feel like anyone would understand because nobody talks about relationship issues, really. Right. So you end up sort of alone on an island, in a sense. Exactly. Especially, like, dating while you're someone who struggles with those sort of social mm. cues and you can't just have anyone else trying to explain and guide you through it because it's not necessarily that simple for you. You yeah. don't have that ability to notice certain cues and understand some certain social um, expectations. Yeah. With all that said and done, how do you think it's affected you since? It, it's, it made me take stock of me as a person. I reflected a lot at the end of it and sort of, I've come out better. Mm-hmm. And I've made strong friendships afterwards right. that I'm sort of more grateful for than before I've discovered 
how to communicate how I'm feeling to other people. Yeah. And I think that, like, it's helped me understand how I feel about relationships. So, like, I don't think, like, as a weird, a sort of, like, a weird tangent, but, like, I don't think I'm meant for, like, a monogamous relationship. Right. Because of how much love I have to give, in a sense, and how much love exactly. I want to receive, I don't think that is the right path for me. Right. And I think that's that's a great experience to have had, that in that not only, you know, it was rough, I imagine, but... Mm you were able to be afforded this opportunity to focus inward and yeah. think a little bit harder and actually figure out what it is that brings you joy and makes you feel the best. And like coming to that conclusion is actually really beautiful because at least now you know what works for you and what is more natural for you. Yeah, it's it's sort of definitely a, a strange experience to go through because obviously like with some mental illness you, you don't really see the other side of it and you you feel like a demon sometimes but then you come out and you're like actually I was right what I was thinking and yeah you learn to trust yourself more mm-hmm. and not be so doubtful of what you think yeah do you do you get affected by other people's expectations of you because that's one thing I can never stop I don't I don't really know I, I don't think so because if people expect things of me that's that's their perspective wow can you like I, I think... teach me how to do that <laughs> <laughs> i i think this is so like obviously in in your life you you've been to university twice now you, you're sort of well mm. read well educated i think you it, it's sort of it's, it's it's a personal pressure you put on yourself to sort of that you feel like you oh! have to succeed Oh man! I I think because because my friend uh my other, my other friend Robin she she went to university twice she got two degrees in, um like, uh software development and game development, mm-hmm. and for years she didn't look for a job because she she was so. Um, not confident in her abilities. Like she she would just yeah. feel so meek. It's like <sighs> you went to, you passed university twice. Like you can do this. Yeah, it's the brain that imp- saying no. It's that imposter syndrome, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. This is this is um, I think that's a really big thing that's never really talked about either. Yeah, because like, it could be so small as the fact of like one day you feel like, I, how did I get here? Whoa. Yeah. Or it could be like you know I'm 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 a fraud, and it's like, hold up, Mm-mm. that's the brain gremlins <laughs> again. <laughs> It's a really scary place, and I, f- I feel like you're seeing me too well right now. Like, oh, can you not? Like, I actually got, like, my hands over my eyes right now. Because <laughs> I'm like, shit, you really know what's going on. I mean, it's, it's... I'm in a different situation in that I, I also just legally cannot work yet. Well, yeah. But part of me is also, like, okay with that. I think, Because um... I'm terrified. Yeah. Like I, I think rightfully so. I think I think working is really always seen as like a really big demon because mm-hmm. you never know what to expect. But like I think it's a case of that first like the first time you go for like an interview or like a trial day kind of thing, like as soon as you your mind gets into that gear, mm-hmm. it all goes away and you're like, damn, I'm a boss. But like you can't see that because you your your brain's like fogged. Yeah. It can't see the full picture. So you already see when you hear about people's negative job, like, oh, I have a really bad boss that, you know, makes me work overtime. So then you build up, like, a negative picture, I think. Wow, you're just... Okay. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. I'm having a moment well, here. <laughs> well, that's it. It's like, it's like, 
it you always remember people to talk about negatively about the job. You never think of the positive times. No, you're right. You're so, so like, right. And yeah, no, imposter syndrome is a big thing that a lot of people deal with because I had it. When I went to university, I felt like I had to be a successful life. I had to be a boss when well you don't. No one's no one's telling you you have to accept yourself, which is fine mm-hmm. in small doses. Yeah. I think um so <laughs> my actual <laughs> I don't know if you listened to my last episode of the podcast. I actually named it I'm an overachiever because I am. Mm. I know this. My psychiatrist and my therapist have said this. I just never realized how closely related it is to imposter syndrome. Yeah. I've always felt each other. Yeah. They totally do. Like now that I think back to it, the amount of overachievement that I feel within myself is literally like directly correlated to the imposter syndrome. I, I feel like as as sort of morbid as it sounds, I think once you put yourself out there and you become, for lack of words, that bitch. Yeah. You will you become a different person. Yeah. And like it's so hard to see because I've, I've been there like you know I, I was jobless for two years looking mm-hmm. for my dream career and when it finally hit me and like so now I'm doing what I've been trying to do for the past two years and it's like I still get you know oh, how, how am I here and I'm like well no I deserve to be here yeah. I earned my place and you sort of you ground yourself with that although yeah. it's hard to see past that stained glass almost yeah I really appreciate you like pointing that out to me because <laughs> honestly feel like I'm in therapy right now <laughs> I hadn't even like it hadn't even crossed my mind before no I, I think that's a lot of things like with, with men and illness you, you can't it's your perspective so like when you look at something you're seeing it through your eyes mm-hmm. and there's the old adage of rose tinted rose tinted glasses you know you've got yeah. depression tinted glasses in a sense mm-hmm. that's insane because you know I actually like I think about okay if I do get my work permit am I going to go work in science? And immediately I'm like, no. Because I'm terrified. Again, I always say this, I'm lucky enough to be afforded this time to not be doing anything. I know a lot of people could do with free time. So I'm trying to use it as wisely as possible and use it to be thoughtful and think about what my next steps are because I am at that point in my life where I need to decide which which direction I'm going in while you are lucky to have this time you cannot beat yourself up about it oh no 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 you you have to you have to be like you know just appreciate the time and not be like you know oh someone else would use it better like "Mm -mm." oh yeah yeah Mm -hmm. just make sure definitely that's why I'm doing all this that's why I have a YouTube that's why I'm doing a podcast because I'm like I have this time to actually focus on the creative side of things that I've always wanted to do. So although we can oh. also say that this is a tiny bit of me being an overachiever, like I couldn't find work, so I gave myself work. Kind of, but it's also like people, people sometimes when people are unemployed, like I find this pit of like, I would do nothing. Like yeah. I went to a pit of just like, I would just sit and play games and like, I would expect life to give me this golden platter. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think it's really good that you're, using your time fruitfully because you know you could be sat playing <laughs> call of duty all day but yeah, instead you're, right. you're, you're putting vibes into the world to make people smile to make people's day better oh thanks <laughs> that's why i'm glad that i have you on here to talk about this because you know it's hard for me to just bring this up on my own because how do you discuss it when it's something that you know you can have better help explaining it through other people who also experience it so yeah it, it's I'm getting glad a that, 3D perspective 
exactly and like i feel like it's also beneficial to both of us it it absolutely does because it helps me like our conversation on imposter syndrome on on relationships on anything it's sort of although it brings up emotions and it brings up memories and it brings up x y and z it helps you process them because you wouldn't do that on your own i wouldn't sit there and you go i'm gonna think about this negative thing and make it into a positive right but talking to someone else about it you sort of it happens naturally through conversation and so yeah you end up coming away a better person passively oh you're such a great friend and i really appreciate you oh you made me cry i'm supposed to be some emotionless giant and here i am laying in bed on a monday night weeping like a war widow (laughs) this is what you've done to me woman this is weird for me because like crying is not a bad thing but for me it's strange to be happy crying yeah um i've only done it once in my life which is when i went to the wonder concert and i spoke to them (laughs) and like i just like i was like i'm weeping thank you like it's this moment again of like it's just it's that moment of feeling seen it's such a warm glow oh i'm glad it's, it's like i appreciate you too i haven't said it but like no this is this is beautiful and this is why i i think like that's why i had to have you on here too because there's something very strange about our bond i don't quite mm. understand it no but like i've, I've always said it since we started talking there's a vibe there's there's a cosmic energy between us what it's if we just... met in person and like it just wasn't there <laughs> Oh my god, don't! Because that's like that's a big scary moment. Like, oh my god, woman! Imagine, you imagine like you've travelled all the way to Canada, and I'm like picking you up at the airport. I'm like, uh, you're not coming to my house. <laughs> <laughs> you got bad vibes. <laughs> oh, I doubt that would ever happen. I mean, we've shared, we've had so many great conversations, and you have this ability that every single time that we talk you teach me something I, I i passively learned so much that when i talk to other people it just sort of i can just notice things i'm like nah yeah fix that. Uh-uh. and i'm like yeah. it's so hard to fix yourself but you can fix other people so much easier yeah it's I'm- weird i mean <laughs> i remember the last time we spoke like i was crying when you when i picked up the phone and by mm. the end of the conversation i'm like cackling laughing and it's like what i've never even it's- met this guy it's just magic it, it's it like when we first spoke like in 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 words mm-hmm. it it just felt like we'd known each other for ages like and it just it we did. were just like long like long friends reconnecting because i think that's what friendship misses these days you you, you miss that raw honesty with people like it's the yeah. type of friendship where you could walk into someone's house and it'd just be cool you know it's yeah. like no, you just you're just sort of like part of the family it's interesting to know that even though we've never met, you've never been in my house, we've never touched each other, <laughs> you just know that you can turn up here and you will be welcome, always. It's, it's like, it, it, it's hard to explain, but like, it's just, when you speak to someone, you, you sometimes can just, you just understand them, like, in a way that they just, you, you're just, I can't even English here, it's, it's not Englishable, <laughs> like, so I'm just going to do the outro to this. Mm-hmm. Have you listened to any of my episodes? I have. I didn't know you had a podcast. I'll be honest, I'm really tiring. Oh, shit, I didn't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe I didn't tell you. That's so funny. Do you know, in my head, I just thought I told you. 
I think you might have like said it in passing that you were gonna do it. Oh my gosh, this is hilarious. Well, thank you for agreeing to do it anyway. You didn't even know I I had a podcast. (laughs) I I haven't even gone through all the questions I wanted to ask you. This episode has just taken a life of its own. And I did it on purpose. Now we have part two. (laughs) That was the plan. That was your plan. I'm never leaving. It's a two host show now, bitch. (laughs) No, it's my podcast now. You're my guest. Thank you so, so much for doing this with me. This has been so great. Like, I felt all the emotions. mm -hmm. And it's been an experience. It's been up, down, left, right. That's that's what I love about our conversations. It's like, you never know what's happening, but you have to just expect experiencing everything. It's like the elevator from Willy Wonka. You can go in any direction, but it's always going to end up going up at some point. Yep, you know it. And we'll always see through. Always. Stay awesome, be kind, and spread positivity. Thanks so, so much, Ryan. Positivity. Yes.